Are the Mets using Kodai Sanga to try to help recruit Shohei Otani to New York? We'll discuss that on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today in the first segment, we're going to discuss a promotion the Mets are running on Friday night and why it might be an early free agent pitch for Shohei Otani. I'll also discuss... Kodai Senga recruiting another Japanese starter to the Mets rotation this winter. So we'll go through all that stuff. In the second segment, I just want to focus on Kodai Senga on the mound and really assess what he's brought to the Mets this season. Then in the final segment, we will take our trip around the minor league affiliates. And I will continue my week-long plea here to get Ronnie Mauricio up to the big leagues. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, Follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked on MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description to join the Locked on MLB Bunch community today. Now, the Mets just completed their series against the Atlanta Braves, and they lost by a score of 7 to nothing to officially lose that series, and now they no longer play the Braves this season. Not going to recap that game. Charlie Morton carved. The Mets didn't hit. Whatever. But at least we don't have to watch Mets-Braves for the rest of the year. Instead, I want to turn our attention to Friday night's game because the Mets are running a promotion that has been the most obvious form of recruitment on a promotional giveaway night in MLB history. And I'm exaggerating that because who really knows But I'll tell you what, I have seen this on the schedule for months now, and no one is looking at this giveaway and doesn't see what the Mets were trying to do when they mapped out their promotional giveaway schedule from the beginning of the year. This has been obvious. Friday night is Kodai Senga glow-in-the-dark ghost fork ball night. It is exactly what you think it is. It is a baseball that glows in the dark with Kodai Senga's signature on it. And the first 15,000 fans that arrive to the ballpark will get one of these awesome balls. It is a really cool giveaway. And the Mets have given Senga some extra rest over the last couple of starts to line him up to pitch in this game, which I talked about on the show a couple weeks ago. So Kodai Senga gets to start in front of, I would say a sold-out crowd, but I probably doubt that that's the case. But still, a healthy crowd, I don't know. With Otani coming to town, maybe it is a sold-out crowd. I really don't know, Uh, but it's all about making Senga the star because right now when it comes to the rotation, he certainly is the star, but there's a little extra layering to it. It is to just put on display in case Otani's paying attention. This is how we treat you at City Field, if not, of course, to a much grander extent with what Otani would bring to the table. Now, it also happens to be Taiwan Day um, on Sunday. I-, I saw some people connecting that to Atani. I think that's just a coincidence. 
The Mets have hosted it um, every single day, annually, every single day, geez, every year annually since 2005, outside of, of course, the 2020 season. And it always falls around the end of August. So I don't think there's any connection there. Otani's Japanese, not Taiwanese, but still, it is a weekend where there's going to be a lot of Asian influence in the ballpark as the Mets try to begin a free agent pitch for Shohei Otani. This is not to say that I believe Otani is going to come to the Mets. I think that there's a long list of teams that are going to be in line to try to sign him. My you know, favorites right now, just from what I would guess, it's the Giants who have a ton of money to spend. The Dodgers are going to be in the mix. Of course, the Angels are going to try to keep them. Not to mention the Yankees. I'm sure there's other teams. But if we've seen Steve Cohen operate over the last couple of years, to think that he wouldn't at least dip his toe in these waters is not knowing who the owner of the New York Mets is. He's going to be in the mix. Who knows? At some point, he might make a very aggressive offer to just say, you know what? We're going to get Shohei Otani, and we're going to be the team that brings him to October and celebrates a dynasty around Otani. And I think all of us would love that. But to me, what this night means more than anything and, and what the Mets have moving forward with Kodai Senga is a player to build around, a player who has clearly fallen in love with the Mets organization with everything he has said, who is going to be the best advocate of the organization as the Mets try to tap into a market that is ripe with talent. And that's players coming over from the MVP, the NPB, and of course, Otani. The main guy that I think they're going after is not Otani. And we've already seen some stories about it. Uh, we've even seen Mike Puma of the New York Post write a story about Kodai Senga is happy to recruit Yoshinobu Yamamoto to the Mets. Uh, Senga, in the article um, to Puma, commented on his arsenal, said he's known him since he's 20, high velocity, great breaking stuff. He just turned 25 a week ago. Okay, so this is a guy with a fresh arm. He's got a career 1.89 ERA in the NPB across 853 innings pitched. Kodai Senga's career ERA was a 2.59. Um, last year, or in his last year, Senga pitched to a 1.94 ERA with 156 strikeouts and 154 innings pitched. Yamamoto uh, is working on a 1.50 ERA with 123 strikeouts and 120 innings pitched. And as I look at that number right now, though, on Senga, just struck me <laughs> yeah he's at 154 strikeouts in the big leagues and 129 two-thirds how crazy is that that Senga is striking out big league competition at a better rate than he struck out the competition in the NPB that is nuts but back to the Yamamoto story um a, a quote it, it from Puma's article that was pretty fast and he says um about Billy Epler it's very apparent that Billy pays attention to the culture of Japan and knows how to interact with Japanese people well. I felt that first-handedly, and his presentation skills are amazing, so I think that could work in the Mets' favor. There's a reason that Billy Epler is going to stay with the Mets beyond just what he's done so far in the job and how he's you know, ingratiated himself with Steve Cohen. His success in the Japanese market is, I think, a big part of the Mets' plan moving forward. Remember, he was in the Yankees front office when they got Tanaka. He's the one who signed Otani originally, and that's a relationship I'm sure the Mets 
are going to try to play towards if they actually get in the running. And he was the one that went over to scout Yamamoto, um, you know, this winter, I mean, this, uh, this season. So there, there's something to that. And also according to Mike Mayer of Metsmerize, who has a lot of good sources, he says that they are also scouting left-hander Shota Imanaga, uh, who's a 29-year-old with a 2.61 ERA and a strikeout per nine rate of 10.5. That is second among all starting pitchers in the NPB. Another starter to keep your eye on might not get posted, but I was reading articles, seven stars who could come over from the NPB. Kona Takahashi. I only mention him because, of course, it is a throwback to Hisanora Takahashi. And if my dad is listening to this show, which I know he is, where he's on a run or walking his dog, he is now laughing because Takahashi is a very long inside joke between the two of us. It's uh, something that we still uh, refer to in our daily conversation. So uh, getting back to the recruitment efforts of Senga, keeping this guy happy has been uh, a big, big deal for the Mets this season. If you look at the best fallouts of this year, the, the things that you have moving forward that you're proudest of from this season, it's their top two rookies now. It's Senga and it's Alvarez. They're guys that you're suddenly building around. And if Senga can help you get another arm in that rotation, whether that be Yamamoto or the pie in the sky of Otani, the Mets are going to be in much better shape next year to go back out and, and try to contend. Um, and certainly it's going to be a very easy bar to climb over to, to be better than they were this year. But the Mets are going to try to get close to what they were last year, which is going to be much tougher. And that's why you need to hit on some of these free agents and saying again, very big part of that. This is the market they're choosing to shop in. But the biggest thing too, is just having Sanga in the rotation. I want to do a little bit of a recap or not a recap, but an assessment of his season so far with the Mets and, if he can be an ace moving forward or at least continue to be a frontline starter for the Mets. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bunches. Bunches is a new app that is built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you are going to love the conversations that are locked on sports fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans can chat. Locked on MLB group chat is on bunches. So go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat about your favorite team and keep up with all the latest MLB news. Download the bunches app today. And when you do our friends at bunches have featured the locked on MLB bunch in the discover tab. You can also click the link in the description to join the locked on MLB bunch community today. The New York Mets put the Los Angeles Angels at 7:10 Eastern Time Friday night. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Mets. Akodai Senga has been the best starting pitcher in the Mets rotation this year, and it's not even close. Made 23 starts, has pitched to a 3.19 ERA, and as I alluded to before, he has struck out 154 batters in 129 and two-third innings pitched. He might have six starts left this season, so if he averages seven strikeouts, maybe a little bit more than that, I think it's 7.6, he could hit 200 Ks on the season, which would be really impressive for a rookie to accomplish that. 
Right now, he's one of 15 starters in Major League Baseball with a strikeout per nine rate in double digits. At 10.69, he has the eighth best strikeout per nine mark in the game. You go to his baseball savant page, which gives you a lot of data into what Senga has done this year. They do rankings on on all pitchers, grading them on a bunch of different metrics. And Senga is in the 70th percentile or better in the following metrics. Average exit velocity, expected batting average, expected slug, barrel percentage, strikeout percentage, whiff percentage, and fastball spin. He's in the 69th percentile in expected ERA, the 58th percentile in hard hit percentage. And when it comes to the expected slug, the barrel percentage, the strikeout percentage, he's in the 81st percentile in all of those. Everything tells us that Kodai Senga is a dynamic starting pitcher. Now, the one thing that he's got a little bit of problems with is the walks in the 15th percentile. Um, his whip is a little bit high at 1.25, but he's been able to you know, really prevent those walks from hurting him too much with that 3.19 ERA. And, you know, the expected ERA of 3.68 is a little bit higher. That's due to all the traffic that's been on the bases. But I think he's shown an ability to escape that traffic. And, I mean, the real story is what the giveaway is about, right? It's the ghost fork. It is arguably the best strikeout pitch in baseball. It is right up there at least. There's only two pitches that have generated a higher whiff percentage that have been thrown at least 100 times. So Yuri Perez's curveball, rookie for the Marlins. And it is the splitter of Felix Batista, closer of the Orioles. Um, neither of those pitches have been thrown at anywhere near the rate that Sanga's forkball has, which is you know, over 800 pitches. And he's getting whiffs at 58.6% of the time. Batters are hitting 128 against the ghost fork. Um, the expected batting average, even lower, 110. His slug against that pitch is at 152. Expected slug. 147, he's given up three doubles and 13 singles. That's it on that pitch. And the crazy thing is, if you look at run value, his cutter has been the better pitch because he goes to it more. And it's been extremely effective. Now, run value, essentially, it is a stat that grades out outcomes, right? So if he throws a cutter in a bases-loaded situation and gets a double play ball, that's going to give you He's going to get runs back. How many runs did he save by inducing that double play with the bases loaded and one out? Now, if he throws a cutter and they hit a home run against it, what's the run value of that? So it's uh, deposited uh, throughout the year. It's, you know, runs are taken, they're given away, all of that stuff. Start over, start over, start. And then you eventually get to a point where you have a pretty good idea of how valuable each pitch is. So you look at Kodai Senga's arsenal. He's got the four-seamer that's got a minus-one run value. That, that means that it's actually been a about an average pitch, but a little bit worse than that average based on run value. You look at it, he's given up six home runs on the fastball, batters it in 267 against it with an expected batting average of 280, slug of 424 with an expected slug of 413. So, yeah, guys have been able to hit that pitch a little bit. That makes sense. Go back to the cutter. The run value on that pitch is 17. That is a great offering. The run value on his forkball is 7. You look at his cutter, it is the ninth best pitch in baseball based on run value. 
So that's a really impressive stat. And you look at what they've done against it, a 205 average. Okay, so just hitting above the Mendoza line. But the slug at 268 is what really impresses me. Only one home run allowed in the cutter, five doubles, 20 singles. He that that's a pitch he can go to, and he has gone to a lot, about 25% of the time. That just does not get squared up. And, and you know, you look at the whiff percentages, like you know, he has a slider and a curveball that both have whiff percentages over 40%. Doesn't throw those pitches often. He he goes to them rarely, but can still get swings and misses. What really it comes down to for him, it's fastball, cutter, ghost fork. And you know, he's able to get strikes with that fastball and the cutter. And he puts batters away with the ghost fork. And he's even able to, you know, get get ahead in counts now with the ghost fork. We've seen him learn how to pitch backwards a little bit more as well. Felt like early in the year he was very predictable, where it was just all right. I'm trying to get to two strikes, and then I'm get, getting you to swing through a ghost fork. That's how I'm going to get you out. And now we've seen him, you know, use the fastball at times, elevate that to get strikeouts, or again use that ghost fork early in counts to maybe steal a strike at times. So I, I think he's evolved and he's gotten better month over month, and, and the improvements have just been so impressive for a guy getting his feet wet. I really think the Mets have stumbled on a pitcher here that you know might not be your typical ace, uh, but a guy that's a really really good arm who you know can be I think a quality too. I don't think that's outside of the of the realm of possibility to think that he could be a good two on a you know contender and, and i think if he's taking the ball in a playoff series you feel great about it and that's why it was such a good decision to sign sanga compared to bringing back chris bassett you know this is a guy that can win you a playoff game and i don't know if chris bassett uh falls into that category so probably I'm trying to think of all of the free agent signs the mets made outside of bringing their own guys back. And even with that, it's hard to argue that any signing was better than the one for, for Kodai Senga at this point. I mean, hell, he might be the best free agent signing of the Steve Cohen era. I talked about Lindor being the best um, investment the Mets have made, but that was a trade and an extension. Senga might be the best free agent signing. So um, he's been awesome all year. Going to be excited to watch him pitch against Otani and the Angels on Friday night. And moving forward, We'll see, uh, you know, how his role continues to evolve with the Mets, and also, of course, see if he can do a little bit of recruiting this winter as well. But in our final segment today, what I want to do: take a trip around the affiliates and continue my week-long campaign for the Mets to come to their senses and promote Ronnie Mauricio. He deserves to be there for Kodai Senga glow in the dark night. And we'll discuss that uh, in the next segment. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. You want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 time payout for up to eight pick contests, where you can choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you can win big. Plus, there's built-in group chat functionality, where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they're safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. 
The New York Mets put the Los Angeles Angels 7-10 Eastern Time Friday night. Get Jay Pitch the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. All right, we got the Binghamton Rumble Ponies hat on. It is time to take our trip around the affiliates. Of course, we always begin in high end. There's only one player I want to talk about in high end at this point. It's Jet Williams. This dude is so good. I'm starting to think maybe I have him too low in my top 10 by ranking him number three. Um, speaking of the top 10, believe we're going to do that on either tomorrow's show or uh, a special show on Saturday. I want to round out the, the rest of the top 10. Last week, I did the first five. I would like to close out the top 10, but I'm hoping we get to spend a show talking about Ronnie Mauricio's promotion to the big leagues. We're trying to speak some things into existence today. Uh, and, and again, we'll get to Syracuse in a minute here, but back to Jet Williams, who I had number three in that top 10. He's unbelievable, man. Uh, Tuesday, first game of the week, he goes two for three with a walk and three RBIs. And then tonight he goes three for five with a walk, two runs scored, and four RBIs. He's now played 20 games in high A Brooklyn, hitting 343, 483 on base, 629 slug. He's got four home runs, eight doubles, 13 RBIs. He's drawn 18 walks to 17 strikeouts. He's eight for nine on stolen bases, so he's now swiped 40 bags on the year where you take the 32 he's stolen St. Lucie. Jet Williams is the truth, and the more you watch him play like this out of his mind at 19 years old in high A, the more you wonder what his future holds and, man, even where they start him next year. I mean, I still imagine that he's going to begin the year in Brooklyn, but I don't know. The Mets have been aggressive with assignments in the past if this guy looks great coming out uh, of uh, you know, the winter heading into spring training and, and they get their eyes on him and they just think, man, he's, he's too good for high competition. You never know. Jet Williams could spend most of the year next year in Binghamton. And at that point, I mean, you're a couple months of raking away from a very, very early promotion to the show. This is not me saying that Jet Williams is going to be a 20 year old big leaguer next year. I certainly don't think that's the case. But I think, you know, the original timeline had Jet Williams at 2026, 2027. At this point, I'm thinking 2025. He has just been awesome. Now, moving over to the hat I'm wearing to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. A lot of guys to talk about. Blade Tidwell and Tyler Stewart each had some bounce back starts this week. Tidwell took the ball on Tuesday, gave up uh, no runs, just four hits. No walks, six strikeouts. The time prior, he had given up six earned runs and didn't make it out of the fourth inning. So for him to get through five, not give up any runs, really good start for him. And then Stewart was even better on Wednesday. He pitched six scoreless, allowed just two hits, no walks, struck out six. So good to see that double-A rotation start to find his form. Uh, a lot of future talent there for the Mets. Hopefully these guys can all finish their season strong. Jeremiah Jackson was the prospect the Mets got in the Dominic Leone trade, which is still amazing that they got an actual prospect for Dominic Leone, a guy that Billy Upler drafted and clearly liked. I think he drafted him in the second round years ago. He homered in both of their games this week, so showcasing some power. Uh, I, I don't know what Jackson's future holds with the Mets, but I think 
the outcome you could be looking for is a utility infielder with some pop. And you know, that that's a, a nice player to potentially find for Dominic Leone, who you picked up off the scrap heap this year. The two big names, of course, in double A, Luis and Helicuna, Drew Gilbert. Cunha in the leadoff spot went one for four with a walk and two stolen bases on Tuesday. He is now 10 for 12 on stolen bases since coming to Binghamton. He's got 52 stolen bases on the year. That's really impressive. And on Wednesday, he went three for four with an RBI. So maybe he's starting to get his feet wet um, and heat up a bit in double A with the Mets. Drew Gilbert, on the other hand, you know, got off the plane or the bus. However, he arrived after the Justin Verlander trade, and he has not stopped hitting the entire time. He went one for five with a homer on Tuesday, one for three with an RBI on Wednesday. He is hitting 333 in the Mets organization with a 397 on base percentage and a 550 slugging percentage, three home runs this month. He's been awesome. Finally, AAA. Brett Beatty went two for four with a home run on uh, Tuesday, I believe, Wednesday, he goes 0 for 2 with two walks. The Mets could call up Brett Beatty again, and, and he's certainly performing well enough to deserve that. Again, there's the service time thing where you call him up, you, use a, you lose a year of control. That's why I still don't know what the Mets are going to do it, but Ronnie Mauricio needs to be called up, okay? If nothing else, so we don't have to see any more of Jonathan Arauz and Danny Mendick, but Mauricio has hit safely in 15 of his 16 games um, or 15 of his last 16 games and 16 of the 18 games he has played this month. With all that said, he's not really tearing the cover off the ball. He's hitting 260 in August, 329 on base, 481 slug, but he's hit four home runs, three doubles and a triple. And on Tuesday, he went one for two with a triple, two walks, two runs scored today. He went two for four. What are we doing? All the fans are clamoring for it. Call the kid up, see what he's got. He got a, a day off on Thursday. It's the perfect travel day for him. You get him in the lineup on Friday. Full disclosure, I was planning to do one episode on Kodai Senga and Yamamoto and another episode on Friday on just Shohei Otani. But I decided to combine those two today because I am that confident the Mets are going to come to their senses. And tomorrow's headlining story will be the promotion of Ryan Mauricio and what we can expect down the stretch. So for all you everydayers, hopefully that happens. You can tune into that. Otherwise, we'll round out our top 10. Um, and again, one way or another, I will round out that top 10, whether it's on tomorrow's show um, or if it's on Saturday. We'll just see um, what the Mets decide to do here. As always, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Ficklestein Ryan. Follow the show. At Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch to the Mets hometown broadcast this weekend, you could do so with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.